Hello and welcome to a special podcast report with BU News Service about the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. This is the second and final part of a two-part series. My name is Will Andronico. In addition to the stimulus checks themselves for businesses, individuals, and families, we know that several other provisions are being debated upon, and many are under scrutiny of the Senate parliamentarian, Elizabeth McDonough, to see if they break any Senate rules. I'd like to introduce Bunn's contributor, Elias Miller, who researched much of the politics behind the American Rescue Plan Act. Elias, what is a Senate parliamentarian, and what additional provisions might Elizabeth McDonough be looking at right now? Hi, Will. And yeah, I mean, the parliamentarian is truly one of the most important least well-known individuals in the U.S. Senate. Uh, she's similar to a lot of positions that exist in just about every form of government that has a parliament. So essentially, she is the referee of the practical rules of the Senate. You know, members of Congress have the time. They don't know exactly how to navigate the centuries-old parameters of lawmaking. So having a resident nerd who's there to remind them the rules is necessary on a daily basis. So they are unelected. Uh, they serve at the pleasure of the Senate Majority Leader. They're not themselves a senator, of course, and they can be replaced. Uh, generally, that's when they start attracting too much attention or somehow annoy the leadership. But generally speaking, leaders don't find it necessary to fire them. Uh, McDonough herself was appointed some nine years ago. Democrats were in power back then, but there was a vastly different uh, majority leader. And since then, you know, partisan balance has changed several times, but she has stayed in office. And so coming up, she will have to offer guidance on whether a few other provisions can still make it under reconciliation, specifically pension funding, and whether laid off workers uh, are to remain on their former employer's health plan for some time after they move, whether that's legal under the Senate rules. She is the referee for that. But Republicans could also issue further challenges on any of the other provisions uh, of the bill that itself is several hundred pages long, as you know. So we'll have to wait and see. You know, her office is not one that is highly publicized or even typically leaks. So we we'll, we just have to sort of wait to see what they announce. But some are already calling for ouster. You know, Democratic Representative Ilhan Omar is one. Uh, and, you know, her position is intended to be the only one in the chamber who's completely devoid of politics. But there is a precedent for re removing parliamentarian who angers the majority. We saw it in 2001 with Robert Dove. He was fired for angering Republicans and the then majority leader Trent Lott. And this is eerie, but to draw further comparisons, the Senate back then was also perfectly split 50-50 as it is now. So we'll just have to see what ha what's, what's going to happen. And uh, right now we're looking at Democratic leader Chuck Schumer, but right now he has not signaled any interest in removing her. Again, the parliamentarian serves a purely advisory role. Her, her recommendations aren't rulings, they're just recommendations, and senators can choose to just ignore her if they so wish. So McDonough is clearly a key player, as the vast majority choose to follow her advice. However, besides McDonough, several senators could make or break this bill. Who are those key players, and what negotiations are taking place to bring this bill to the Senate floor? Yeah, well, I mean, if the House is any indication, then it absolutely is. This bill is already hyper-partisan. You know, every Republican representative voted against the House resolution, and every Democrat except for two voted for it. So this is going to come down to the wire. Recent reporting by New York Times actually indicates that the Senate could take it up literally any day now, today, if they so wished, uh, because Democrats are eager to get the bill through and on Biden's desk for his signature. They want to get it 
into law by March 14th. That's when the uh, current federal unemployment benefits and extension expires. And when the Senate does finally take a vote on the bill, what's the likelihood that it actually passes, especially with the minimum wage provision now out of the question? Well, you know, in spite of the parliamentarian's decision that actually dealt a major blow to the Democrats, the first in this Biden era, the bill is actually likelier to pass now that they've sort of made away with the minimum wage provision. Uh, this was the main thing that Republicans were lambasting, and now their messaging just seems more focused on spending as a whole being way too high for this $1.9 trillion provision. Since the minimum wage provision was scrapped in this reconciliation bill, other options are up for consideration. What might minimum wage legislation look like without its inclusion in the stimulus package? Well, now that it can be included in a full package, we're looking at a separate bill entirely, uh, specifically the Raise the Wage Act of 2021, as introduced by Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont late last week. But this new minimum wage act brought by Sanders is basically impossible to pass on its own in this Senate. Uh, without reconciliation, like most bills, it requires a filibuster-proof majority, or 60 votes, to actually pass the Senate. So, I mean, we already know that two Democrats are already on the record against it, Cinema and Manchin. We mentioned those two already. And, you know, there's just no amount of wishful thinking where 12 Republicans magically hop on board to increase the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour by 2025 when it doesn't even cause unanimity amongst the, you know, centrist Democratic senators. For those who may not know, what does the federal minimum wage look like now, and what alternatives are out there instead of this recent bill proposed by Senator Sanders? Well, most states actually have a higher minimum wage than the federal one, but currently the federal minimum wage rested 7.25 bucks an hour. The plan here was to gradually increase that to 15 bucks an hour by 2025, uh, a plan which the Congressional Budget Office estimates that would have benefited uh, 17 million workers but also would reduce employment by 1.4 million people. So you can see the arguments on both sides here. And basically the breakdown is that by June 1st, the federal minimum wage would have gone up to nine, uh, nine bucks and a half. In 2022, it would have been $11, so on and so forth. You get 15 by 2025. And the interesting thing is that after that, it would still keep going up as the cost of living kept rising. There was an indexing adjust adjustment that was made uh, specifically to make sure that, you know, the uh, wage doesn't rest at 15 bucks, but 15 bucks becomes essentially useless. So Democrats have tried pushing alternatives, for instance, an amendment that would penalize corporations that pay workers less than 15 bucks an hour. Uh, or we even saw Senator Elizabeth Warren sort of propose a wealth tax again. But like the Sanders moves, like all of these moves, they're unpopular outside of strictly progressive circles. So we shouldn't bank on those too much. So that's the breakdown if Senator Sanders' bill were to ever make it through Congress, but what is the more realistic or compromising way of passing this minimum wage reform? Yeah, well, well if there's any wage increase, it will be on the Republicans' terms. Uh, we saw the Democrats toss away a Republican plan to increase the wage to 10 bucks an hour. That was recently. Uh, it also, you know, Mitt Romney and Tom Cotton, who both introduced the bill in the Senate, they also wanted to attach to that stricter immigration vetting requirements for employers. And Democrats said no thanks, but that was before they knew that they would need 60 votes to pass any minimum wage increase. Uh, so now Senator Joe Manchin, he suggested a compromise number of $11, not 15, just 11. You know, cue and very angry Bernie Sanders, who said that, no, the gradual increase of 15 was already a compromise. He wanted 15 now, not through 2025. 
So both on the right and on the progressives, they sort of need to make sure they're keeping to both bases when they just cut this part out. So Democrats can probably find 10 Republicans to increase the wage, but it won't be $15. The question is whether or not they can reach a point of compromise without shedding Democrats on one side or Republicans on the other. As a result of the projected filibuster on this new minimum wage bill, some have called for changes to Senate rules to try and avoid something like this in the future. What are they looking to change? Yeah, I mean, it's been a point of contention throughout this entire 21st century, whether to keep the filibuster, whether to kill it as it has grown in importance. Right now, Senators and Warren are both saying that they want to kill the filibuster. Interestingly, you only need a simple majority to kill the rule where you need 60 votes to pass anything. But they don't have 50 votes right now, both Manchin and Cinema. Again, those two, they already said that they wouldn't vote for a rule change to, in effect, kill the filibuster. And, you know, while both aren't immune to changing their minds when politically convenient, just as recently as a couple of days ago, Manchin said, quote, never, he will never vote to kill the filibuster. So that avenue right now is closed and maybe closed for a moment, maybe closed for the entire term. We'll have to wait and see. Thanks, Elias. And that's it for this special podcast report on the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. Used under the Creative Commons, the music we used today was Oopsie Daisy, an instrumental by Forget the Whale. On behalf of Elias Miller and Naya Jordan, who reported the first part of this series, I'm Will Andronico, reporting from Boston, Massachusetts, for BU News Service. Music